So this is the last in our series that Josh has initiated for us about pursuing wholeness and harmony between our thinking, our emotions and our actions. And last week Josh helped us just to focus and direct our attention towards the role that our hearts play. And today we're going to look at the third one in the trilogy. We're going to be looking at our actions at our hands. Now I hope that as we've moved through these things that as individuals and collectively as a body we've been able to assess where we are with each one of these things, with our thoughts, with our thinking, with our hearts, with our feelings and this evening with our hands and our actions and as we do that we can assess where we are, where we are at and which one of those we may need to work on more um, because it, it is a shame to have a great imbalance in these three factors that make up effectively who we are so that we can be more fruitful and bring glory to God. Now, while you're sitting there, I want you just to raise your right hand and have a look at your right hand, but kind of keep your fingers together. Now, as you look at your right hand, just consider the fact that we call fingers digits. Now, when you look at your index finger, which is your second digit, and your third finger, which is the ring finger, just have a look at them and see which one is longer. Your ring finger or your index finger. Now, the difference in length between your index finger and your ring finger is called your digit ratio. And I just want you to consider those two, your index and your ring finger. The difference in length between that, as I just said, is called the digit ratio. Now, in a study that was conducted in 2001 on professional football players, Scientists found that people who have what they call a, a lower digit ratio. Now, a lower digit ratio is if your ring finger is quite a bit longer than your index finger. Now, if you have a low digit ratio, then scientists had found that you actually perform better at sport than someone else does. So... So, <laughs> so, and that was quite interesting because they did this comparative study with these professional football players and they found that the ones who really excelled actually had ring fingers that were substantially longer than their index fingers. Now, the scientific part of it was that they, they kind of um, determined that this happened when we, you are a fetus and it relates to how much testosterone is actually sent from the mother to the fetus during that stage. And it reflects, quite strangely, in this digit ratio on your hand. The long and short of that is, is that your sporting success is, is in your hands. <laughs> so the next time when you actually engage in sport, when you need to find... Um, a partner to play Uno with, or we need to find a, 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 a players who can play um, what's it called, four square with, or dodgeball, 
then it'd be helpful to look at people's hands <laughs> as an indication to see how good they are. Since I found this out, I actually found myself when, you know, when you needed to pick teams, especially for soccer, I found myself looking at people's, the guy's hands to kind of give me an indication of how good they are compared to some of the other guys. I find all of that quite interesting because it appears as though your hands are saying something about you without you even having to open your mouth. There's this old saying that goes, actions speak louder than words. And there's another one that's kind of related to that that says, talk is cheap. Now, when it comes to our faith, if our words and our actions are saying different things, then we must look to our actions for the truth. Now, that's what the Apostle James tells us in James chapter 2 and verse 18. If we think back to our series on James and, and when we considered what James was saying, James said, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. And Jesus also said something to this effect in John chapter 10, where once again Jesus has proclaimed himself inadvertently to be God. And I want to read this very quickly, um, verses 22 to 33 of John chapter 10. This is how John records this incident. He says, Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And verse 31 says, Again his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? Verse 33, We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Now we see here, before stones start flying, that Jesus asks these people who are interrogating them a very revealing question. He says in verse 32, For which of the good deeds are you going to stone me? And the Jews, as we see there, they respond that they don't want to stone him for his works, for the stuff that he did, but for his words. And Jesus replies, essentially saying that his works, the stuff that he was doing, are also his words. 
Jesus's works and deeds were speaking for themselves. Jesus's actions, his praying for people, his healing people, his setting people free, helping people, spoke plain and clear about who he was, but the Jews, they weren't listening. Jesus, as we know, lived his earthly life in perfect integrity. His words and his works were always saying the same thing. The things that he did and the things that he said were always lining up. He was saying something with his words, but he was also saying something with his actions. Jesus is the incarnate word of God. That's how John describes him in chapter 1 and verse 1. Who always did what was pleasing to the Father. Jesus is the founder and the perfecter of our faith, as it says in Hebrews. And he showed us how faith works. And Jesus' trust in the Father was constantly being proclaimed through the things that he did. Now, faith, by its very nature, produces action. Faith produces a response from us. Faith and works are intrinsic. They are joined together. You cannot separate your faith from your actions. Your actions are actually part of your faith. And each of us is wired to feel and to act in accordance to what we believe to be true. And that is something that we cannot help doing. And this is actually a universal human phenomenon. Every human being lives by faith. Even an atheist. And the atheist who says that he doesn't believe in faith, who, who thinks that faith is, is nonsense, but he believes in science, even an atheist has faith. And what the, what the atheist an atheist really means is that he puts his faith in something that is non-religious, it is scientific perhaps, as it relates to the origin of the universe and questions of ultimate meaning. And since these are things that an atheist cannot ultimately verify for himself, and which he or she would largely learn from others who they would consider to be authoritative, an atheist also has, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11 and 1, a conviction of things not seen. None of us can help working out our faith, even whether they believe or God or not, in God or not. We cannot help doing what we believe. None of us can help working out our faith. We cannot help doing what we believe. And that's why Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It's something that Jesus says will happen automatically because we love him. And that's why Paul defined his mission as bringing about the obedience of faith among the Gentiles in Romans chapter 1 and verse 5. And it's why Hebrews chapter 11 was written. 
Hebrews 11 was written, I think, in, in, was for one of the reasons, so that we could have a catalogue of examples of how faith actually works. In Hebrews 11, we see a list of people who are mentioned there, people who had faith, people who believed, and what they did because they believed. It's very interesting how that is written. It says, this one had faith, and this is what they did because of it. So what are your actions saying? What are my actions saying? If we want to know what we really believe, we must look at our actions. Unfortunately, very often our words are kind of unreliable. You know, have you ever said to someone that you would do something, but then you didn't? I imagine that would have happened possibly even today. The words of our actions speak with a powerful and sometimes painful eloquence about what we believe. What flows from the thought and what flows from the heart into our hands. And so what happens out of that is that we will remember to do the things that we feel are important to us. But we will forget the things that we subconsciously don't think or believe is important to us. So what are your actions saying? What do you do when you are alone? Or when your plans are interrupted? Kind of like the season that we are in now. Or you are disappointed. Kind of a feeling I think that the season that we are in now brings to the fore. Or your weakness is exposed. Or maybe you are tempted to fear. Or someone else prospers or excels over and above you. Or maybe you are called on to help to meet someone else's financial need. What do your actions in response to that say about you? What do they say about your faith? And furthermore, how much of a priority do you make your walk with Jesus? How willing are you to serve even if it is obscurely? When those who are closest to you are honest, those who observe you when you are unguarded and at home, those uncalculated moments when you believe that you are by yourself, what do the people who are seeing you hear by your actions? And these are exposing and convicting questions for us to ask ourselves. Jesus had perfect consistency between his words, his works, and his thoughts. And our works reveal where our faith is. And what the condition of our faith is reveals the state of our thought life. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 12 and verse 33 that a tree is known by its fruit. And so the wise seek to make the tree good. As I close, I am reminded of, in the time and the season that we are in right now, of this example 
Right now we have what we all know are called um, genetically modified um, seeds. Um, and they produce vegetables and, and fruit. Now, if you were to purchase um, a genetically modified fruit or vegetable, and this is not for all of them, but some of them, some of those um, genetically modified produce, when you take the seed and you plant the seed, the seed will grow and the plant will look very strong. It will be green and it will look healthy. But when it comes to the point when it needs to produce fruit, it doesn't. And this kind of reminds me of the condition that we are in as men and women. We look like we would do good. But as it is described in scripture, at times our hearts are desperately wicked. And Paul even calls us in Ephesians, children of wrath. But then the picture changes for us. In that Jesus comes and he brings about a change inside that enables us to produce good fruit. He does something within us that enables us to change our thoughts, enables us to change our feelings, our hearts, and our actions. And if we truly want to be more like Jesus, then what we think and feel and act, those should all be saying the same thing. Our thoughts, our feelings and actions should all be speaking the same language. And so when people look at our hands and they consider our spiritual digit ratio, it should say something about us without us even having to say something. And so there's an opportunity for us to speak with our actions. There's a well-known saying that goes, be careful what you do or what you don't do because your words and your deeds may be the only Bible that someone else reads. 